0: Hello and welcome to The View from the Ninian. I'm Scott Salter and what a busy week it's been since the last podcast we recorded. A new manager for Cardiff City and Wales, of course, have qualified for the European Championships next year. This week I'm joined by Ben Price and Dan Moffat. How are you both?
1: Good evening, guys. How are we? Not bad, dude. Everyone good?
0: Yes. Yeah, all good. Not too bad. Well, boys, I know that... uh, Whenever Baker's hosting, he likes to start you off with a uh, a would-you-rather. I'm not going to do that, but I do have a question that I'd like to pose to both of you. If you could take any two former Cardiff players in their prime and stick them in this squad, who would they be? But I have conditions. One player can be a star player, an obvious choice. You know, a Chopra, a Bothroyd, Bellamy. The other one has to be... A wild card, a Lee Naylor or a Paul Quinn. Ben, what do you think?
2: A uh, star player has to be, uh, for me, in the squad we've got now is Jay Bothroyd. Um, goals can hold the ball up well when he can be asked, and um, he'd be my star player. I'm trying to think, random player.
0: Well, Dan, should we get Dan star player and then we can come Go back on, to
2: yours?
1: yeah star player would be would be one of chopper or boss the goals in the team we've been lacking again this season so yeah one of those two definitely
0: but right, my star player slightly different i'm gonna go for jason kumas in that loan season bit more creativity get on the ball lovely what about your wild card ben
2: um i'm gonna go for uh peter capold uh, yeah Capoldi. Tony Capaldi. Tony Capaldi, not Peter Capaldi. (laughs) You want Doctor Who? No, yeah, Doctor Who, that would be a wild card. Yeah,
1: chuck a Time Lord in there, why not?
0: Just a bit of competition for Bennett, or do you think he's better than Bennett?
2: No, I think um, only a couple of people get this from CCMB is um, you need IT technicians these days. And uh, he was the CCMB IT technician, so he's the man for me.
0: I'm not sure I get this reference. Was he- <laughs> there, there
2: was there were stories on CCMB years ago. Um, it was like Darcy Blake was obsessed with Monster Munch. Uh, Capaldi was an IT, te- was a part-time IT technician because he didn't play much, and it was all sorts of nonsense. It was a bloke. He's died. He, the guy sadly passed away a few years ago. But you need to, people need to check those out because they are hilarious. They are worth a read. Basically, how Darcy Blake likes Monster Munch, which I can well believe.
0: <laughs> Dan, what about you? Who's your wild card?
2: Oh God!
1: Um, is you know is Ben Turner or Mark Tud- Mark Hudson a wild card? Are they?
0: I think Turner um, could be. Turner p-
1: potentially. You know. You know. Our defense has been poor this season. Um, either that. You know. You've got to have the sel- Silver here Kevin McNaughton, back in. I think as well. Fullback. That's a, star help, That's leave, a star
2: yeah, player. got to be a Yeah,
1: is he a star probably.
0: player?
2: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Ben, he, Tur- ben Turner gets wild card because he's a bit of a racist.
1: Yeah, Beth, <laughs> be- Ben Turner would be mine then. Um, it, it, just defensively um he comes in but yeah um what he's done since since um we will not speak of but yeah
0: i got my wild card I think we need a bit of steel in midfield so I'm going to go back a bit to say Oliphinjana
2: I was going to yeah. say Oliphinjana <laughs> but I thought you would I was going to go Oliphinjana
0: <laughs> yeah he'd be good I reckon he'd be good in our midfield let Kumas a bit ahead do do the play next to Joe Rolls would be lovely
2: What about what about Aaron Wildig Aaron Wildig. Oh, take it.
0: I've got this thing about Wildig, right? Because when I was, well, I must have been a teenager when he was breaking through, my girlfriend at the time, for some reason, had this obsession with Aaron Wildig. So I always resented him. <laughs> I, was, I was glad when he didn't make it.
2: Well, he's playing for Morecambe now, so he's the real winner. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. That's Still true. him because he's a professional footballer. <laughs>
0: Well, boys, back to the serious business, back to, to today. We'll start with Wales. I mean, what a week, Ben. I mean, an unbelievable. A, one of the most historic days in Welsh football, I would say.
2: It's up there a promotion. Uh, they were both the promotions for me to the Premier League. Um, so special. That atmosphere, the anthem, um, everyone cheering for Kiefer Moore when Aaron Ramsey scored. <laughs> Everything about it was just Unreal. Um, honestly, I, that's up there with my top, top memories of football. It was so special.
0: I love that, the the, the Kiefer Moore chance with the Rams. Did you see, um, is it Ridian Bowen Phillips who was the announcer saying <laughs> he was, he was like, even yeah. second-guessing himself because he could hear him chatting <laughs> for Kiefer Moore? But Dan, I mean, it's an unbelievable achievement, isn't it? Considering, you know, where we were early on those, you those know, kind of two key losses that we had, a lot of criticism of of Ryan Giggs, including myself. I, I know Ben as well, we've spoken about it in the podcast, critical of him. The way they've pulled it around has just been unbelievable.
1: It's been fascinating. The, the, the last two performances, to go to, go to Azerbaijan and, uh, and win 2-0 and put in uh, f- probably one of our best away performances that I can remember in the last few years. And then, that, as Ben's pointed out, that performance... Um, you know, to win at home, uh, the atmosphere was incredible. I wasn't lucky enough to get to the match, but even wa- watching it in the pub in the city centre, it, it sounded incredible. Um, you know, Umro Heath and uh, and Callan Land made appearances, and it's, it's it's the perfect way to end it. And yeah, as you said, Gigs has Gigs has come under a lot of pressure over this campaign, um, which at times I feel has been been um, been deserved. I think um, the team has taken maybe a while to. to to to, cl- to cling together since since coming in um but the, those last two performances have shown what the potential of that Wales squad is um for it to be Ramsey and Bale's first time playing with each other since I think Denmark in the Nations League over a year ago yeah. um you you could just tell that the connection that they have um and to bring Ramsey in you know man of the match performance and I was wanting him to to get a hat trick um it's great and uh, yeah as I said it shows the potential that this Wales team can have uh, at the Euros next year.
0: Ramsey was unbelievable wasn't he I know I saw Baker tweet about it's probably one of the best solo performances he's seen in in a a long time and I'd have to agree with that he was just everything he did was was spot on.
2: He was up for it when he oh my god he was up for it I think from the first I um I just sat by some random blokes next to me who were absolutely brilliant chaps um a lad bloke from Aberystwyth came all the way down. there's a couple of city fans nearby, um, just chatting with them. And from the first five minutes, we were all looking at each other going, "Oh my god, he's up for this!" Um, just, just unreal. The passes him and Bale were linking up with. Um, just the movement off the ball, finding those channels, just finding the space—absolutely unreal. Uh, the other player I thought was world class, and I, I'm not underestimating, not like overusing this, as world class um, Joe Allen. Oh, oh incredible! My god, god. I, I arguably think he was better than Ramsey, for me it's just the, what he did with that ball yeah, oh He was my better god. In, just,
0: the, in the understated moments wasn't he, the pressing the, the ball retention, winning it back was just, like I said world class, and you know I-, I tweeted half in jest uh, as one well of my Liverpool supporting mates text me, but god, it, I just thought, imagine if Alan had stayed at Liverpool and worked with Klopp, like what Klopp could have done with him in that mid- he seems like a perfect midfielder for that system to me
2: yeah it's just he was unreal um, and stoke. And it, yeah God. yeah and they they hate him they it's another arsenal thing If stoke fans not liking um allen they think he's naff They're and i strange don't get it he's stoke
0: fans aren't they they booing Ramsey think... for breaking his leg
2: yeah but you can't joe allen's not capable joe allen's not going to be a midfielder that scores you 20 goals but he's going to create chances. There's more issues at Stoke than Joe fucking Allen. I can tell them that. But oh my God, just... He, just I don't think it was a bad player. I think the only player that I think you could say probably let the occasion get to him a couple of times was um, Morrell. And he still had moments of brilliance. Um, he was... I think Giggs got everything spot on. And I, I've taken... I've We've given him enough grief on here. But I think both games he um, got everything bang on. I tweeted about um, Ramsey starting as on the bench, but nah. What do I know? Giggs got it spot on. Um, if he continues like that, we're going to go a long way. Um, I can't fault. Th- I can't fault th- Giggs. Um, he genuinely showed passion at the end of the full time. It you could. It you could. It wasn't a sort of fake thing. It, he. It meant a lot to him, but he also let the players have their moment. He didn't take. He didn't sort of try and be front and center. I learned, I got a lot of respect for Giggs um after these last two games. I feel a lot more confident with him in charge us to the Euros.
0: For me, in many ways this these last two games, but particularly the uh, the Hungary game felt like a, a turning moment for Welsh football in a number of ways. Obviously there's the Giggs element in in you know, like we've said, a lot of people were calling for him a lot of people didn't even want him hired, you know, and then call him for go. Anyone but Giggs was trending at one point on Twitter during the campaign. And you know the way that he's shown that he, he can be a very good manager has, has, has been fantastic. And that felt like a turning point in, in him winning over uh, the majority or, or even over all of, of Welsh fans. It also for me felt a turning point in this group of players in that we know they're talented. We know there's a lot of really good young players there. But they could step up to the occasion and the qualification for the last Euros was was fantastic and it was fantastic in a way that because we were very much underdogs, you know, there was a lot of players in that squad that weren't at the level that some of the players we have now, if that makes sense. Now you've got so many young players that are showing their potential and, and it kind of for me felt like Wales are arriving at, at the top level here, you know, so many good young players. Putting a performance in against a good hungry team and just dominated them in every every aspect. I don't remember a Wales team keeping the ball or playing such a good possession football as as well as as that that game.
2: It's the sort of game that years and years ago, well, throughout Wales' history, we've lost the big the big one, um, the semi final against Portugal the qualifier against Scotland, Russia, all of those sort yeah, of games. Romania way back. Romania, yeah, it's all of those and we've we'd gone on to lose them and sort of, that's sort of what's made me, made me feel nervous. I spoke to um, Dan uh, for FC Cymru um, before the game and saying that I'm nervous, shitting it, really, really panicky and the character of those young players to not let the occasion get to them and just play their game and just don't give Hungary a sniff. All right, Hennessy made that double save, which was fantastic. But other than that, Wales dominated that game and were just phenomenal. Just absolutely brilliant. And I just can't praise them enough for what they did. For the youngsters to perform like that in such a high-profile game. I think like the way Amperdew in like the 89th minute was barking orders at like, Joe Allen and Aaron Ramsey to get, to get their shape back to stop the ball coming through was just... There's Lee, he's a future Wales captain he's going to lead this team for years to come. He's going to be the player to build around. But just everything about it just seemed like those players were made for that moment and they all delivered. 100%. It's, I think that, that's what
1: shocked me most after the game. I did, you know, I was over the moon that we had qualified, but it felt not like an anti-climax, but I was like expecting the game to be so much more nerve wracking. You know, we got the first goal and after that we didn't really seem to look back. The Hennessy save one, that was crucial um, but, you know, we we as you said, we dominated the game and, and it's something we're not really used to seeing a Wales team do against, you know, a, a half-decent side in Hungary who, who did a right at the Euros in 2016.
2: They're um, a very good side. We, yeah.
1: we made them look poor. Poor, yeah, definitely. And, you know, as you said, Scott, I think the players know that this is the golden generation of, of Welsh footballers at the minute. And if we weren't qualifying for this Euro or for next year's Euros, then especially in that group where, you know, a bar Croatia we're we're the best team in there, um, it would be it would have been massively disappointing not to qualify. But um Giggs has gigs has, you know, he brought that team together and I think now that it's starting to show what is the potential and as Ben says we can go we can go as far as we did in the last tournament, I believe.
0: And Kiefer Moore really has been such a catalyst for the change. It seems as soon as he's come into the, the team it's just helped in so many ways hasn't it it's given them an outlet rather than early on in the campaign it felt like we were relying too much on pace particularly kind of Dan James was kind of isolated in sometimes and given the ball and just expected to beat you know a few men but Kiefer Ball's just been unbelievable hasn't he Ben in the way that he's come in played played fantastic in in terms of his own uh you know what he's bringing up front but the way he's brought others into play as well and I think that uh, was it the number five for Hungary. The the ball centre half will be having nightmares about Kiefer Moore.
2: I just won everything. Um, early on in the campaign, it was sort of it was clear. A lot of us were saying um, Vogue should have started because that's what we were missing was that target man that can hold the ball up, bring other players into play, and sort of get a couple of goals from the ball because the ball's the quality that can get put into that box is phenomenal. And um, I don't know what happens to him when he pulls on that whale shirt compared to what he does at Wigan, but oh that boy special when he plays for us i mean we're giving him goals he hasn't even scored he's that good
0: he might be a bit like <laughs> do you remember was it david healy that was for northern was it northern, northern Ireland? yeah was just pretty average everything else but international level just always seemed to play well and score incredible yeah who, who is it dan that, that maybe excites you the most of this young crop of players
1: I mean, like obviously Dan James' big move in the summer to United. I felt like it was going to be maybe too far of a step from this early. I felt like it was too too soon of a move. Um, Swansea was really good, but you know to go to United and do what he's doing there in a team that's that's struggling, um, and then to let to carry that form on for United into the Wales team. Each time he picks the ball up, he looks as I mean he hit the. That's the shot. He's hit the bar twice, I think, once against Azerbaijan and once yeah. against Hungary. It's lucky he didn't
0: end up at Leeds, uh, isn't it? Yeah.
1: <laughs> and it's Well, exactly, precisely. And it's so predictable. You know, defensively-wise, it's predictable. He's going to cut in on his right foot, and time and time again, he does it. And the quality of ball he has. Um, Dan James, definitely for me. But I think we've seen Joe Morel both in both games, um, especially against Azerbaijan. I, I, I don't know where that performance came from. Um, I think it surprised a lot of fans, especially when Ramsey was left on the bench. But uh, Joe Morrell was arguably one of the man on the ma- one of the man on the matches, um, and uh, and him and him and Ampadu in midfield looks like a real partnership that could could um pick up over the next few years.
0: Absolutely, Ben. What about you? Who who are you excited about from this generation?
2: Well, the one that I'm most excited about, weirdly enough, hasn't played in much over the last few months is uh, Brooks. Yeah, of course. Um, it's crazy to think that he's still got to come back in. Um, and he's the player that I think is the next, as good as Wilson is as good as Dan James is, Brooks is the player for me that really excites me just the way he plays um, so he's the one I'm really looking forward to seeing and um, like I said before, Ampadu he's the future leader of that side and I think <laughs> there's, there's a fair argument to give him the captaincy once Williams retires to be honest yeah. um, he's ready for it already the way he commands that play such a mature he's player just, isn't he for, oh, for
0: someone mental. so young
2: and for someone with that haircut as well, the maturity yeah. levels are ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, um, I'd agree. Yeah. It's,
0: it's Ampadu for me. I just, I love watching him play in, in every way. Brooks as well, I think, is is fantastic. And they're two players that, they're such cultured players and we're not particularly used to having having that, a weird kind of, as Welsh talents. But there's so many good players, isn't there? Even, you know, the really understated ones like Chris Mepham at the back, which has just been... Fantastic. So composed on the ball and, you know, really, really bright centre-half. So, you know, the future's definitely looking looking bright and, and, and June can't come soon enough, can it? hundred no. percent. Well, boys, we move on to, we've we talked about one manager that's uh, that's won over fans and another one that will be hoping to do that and definitely did so a bit in his first press conference is, is Cardiff's new manager, Neil Harris, and... <laughs> You know, initially, a lot of Cardiff fans, particularly when he was linked, were, were sceptical, were, were not 100% keen. And then Mark Hughes was linked. And if you changed the tune, including myself, <laughs> thought, it, it's
2: thought... Actually... A, it's, a, it's amazing how much brighter those skies seem when you see Mark yeah. Hughes's favourite. It
1: puts it into reality, doesn't it?
2: I, I think, right, that the club went into bookies on the country, put a couple of hundred... It's the best couple of hundred grand they could have spent on PR for... Neil Harris just going around making huge favourite going see boys. It could be worse. It could be fucking
0: worse. <laughs> well, ben, what's your reaction initially to to um to Harris being appointed? I know we'll we'll come on to his first press conference in a minute. So Dan, you were there, so you can provide a bit more insight into that. But what's your initial reaction, Ben?
2: Um, well, I think, well, I think I said it all when we did the press uh the press conference, the podcast um after Neil left um he was not my preferred choice. Uh, I didn't really want him i think i said i prefer neil patrick harris um it turns out he's not not got his coaching badges so um i was disappointed but and i'm gonna jump to the press conference i know so we'll come to it but the way he spoke and what he spoke about it made me a bit excited again and um he said the right things for me that he wants to get the youth involved he wants to sort of not change style completely, but play a ball a bit more than what we've been doing. Um, Evolution yeah. rather
0: than revolution, isn't it? Exactly. He's and I, I
2: that. think that was the perfect quote from him. Um, yeah, but I, I really was impressed by his press press conference. But fuck me, he's ugly. <laughs> he's not a look at that bloke, is he? <laughs>
0: <That's> so negative. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, ben mentioned there about, you know, he said a lot of the right things and a lot of Cardiff fans were, were excited hearing him. You know, talk about youth and, and all these type of things. And a lot of managers sometimes are guilty of just producing sound bites, aren't they? And, you know, saying the right things. But being there, being in the room, at um, uh, was it Hensel Castle? Hensel Castle, yeah, yeah it Hensel. wasn't
1: bad. Yeah, nice nice opening uh, press conference <laughs> to be at.
0: Um, what, what, yeah, Were they genuine words, could you tell? What, what was the feeling there, seeing him and hearing him speak in person?
1: He... He, he looked like he had the bit between bit between his teeth. He looks determined. He sounded determined. He knows he's got to win over some of the fans. Um, he was asked, I think Rob Phillips asked a few of the questions um, about you know how fans had reacted on social media. He, Neil Harris said he doesn't go on social media, but he knows that as a football fan, he knows that fans want to have someone who's, you know, he, I think he said who's won Premier Leagues and World Cups and stuff like that. Uh, he can understand that the fans aren't going to, all be on his side but uh, i mean he spoke with such you know drive and and passion for a club that he hasn't even managed a a game for yet um as ben says it won over a, a lot of the fans online um after you know waves of uncertainty after warnock left it's um he was he was passionate and determined and he mentioned you know obviously playing at ninian park and he knows what a Cardiff team is like. He knows he's come up against Cardiff teams in the past, and he knows what he sees, and he knows what he needs to bring to the team to to get us back on track. Um, he's moving down here with his family, um, and he's he's you know he seems committed. Um, but this determination was was rife. I think on the academy, I think uh, uh, you know he uh, could you could be guilty of saying that. Is he saying some of the things on the academy to get fans on side? Possibly, just, we won't. We, you know, we won't know for a few weeks yet. But you know, the amount of times he mentioned the academy and his 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 need and his want to get youth players into the into the senior team, it's hard not to believe the man after so many times of mentioning it.
0: And he he has got a track record, a proven track record of that at Millwall. You know, mm-hmm. a, a number of young players developed into the first team. But I will a slight caveat in that it's kind of the the circumstances that that they have at Millwall. You know, they don't have the big money to spend, so they do have to look towards the academy. Whether you know that will still be the case when when he's got five, ten million to spend, or he's you know he's already got a squad that's been assembled for X amount of money. We'll, we'll wait to see, Ben, won't we? But what I will say is, you know, the star. He, he said it won't be a revolution, just an evolution. A lot of things you talked about was, you know, the passion, the hard work, and you mentioned something about Cardiff fans want to want to see players giving what they would if they were if they were on the pitch or, or something along those lines. Millwall, whether Cardiff fans like it or not, what Millwall fans and Cardiff fans value from a player and from a performance, I feel, are fairly similar along, along similar lines. Like I said, in terms of the grit and the determination and the fight and the passion. So hopefully we can we we can see that 'cause it has been lacking, and this season hasn't it you know the two particularly the Swansea performance was just completely devoid of it,
2: yeah, um he's got a bit of work to do it seems um a few players have sort of been coasting on the laurels um hopefully Neil going and a new new manager coming in um gives a few players that need it a bit of a kick at the ass, but there's um there's a fair bit of work to do. I don't think it's going to be as easy as some people think. I don't think it's going to be clear-cut, this path that he's got to do. It's not going to be straightforward. We might get that new manager bounce, but I think over Christmas there's a lot of work to do to really get these players performing at their best, putting a good run together.
0: It's certainly going to be uh, you know, thrown into the deep end, Dan, isn't it? We're approaching the Christmas period, which is you know, the Championship itself is notoriously... A busy schedule, but the Christmas schedule is is particularly busy. So he won't have long to kind of hit the ground running if Cardiff are really going to try and push on towards the playoffs.
1: Yeah, so so many games in, in such quick succession. You know, Mill, Millwall on Boxing Day as well. um How big of a big of a coincidence is that? Yeah, he's got to hit the ground running. I think he he pointed that out in his press conference. He, but he also said that fans need to be realistic and need to realise that it's going to take time and. He's not going to promise that, that he's going to win the next six games, um, but he, he, as you said, he, he said he's going to bring into the team what he what he was like as a player and, and what he's like as a manager. That that work ethic and the hunger that the team has been lacking this season for for, for any any un, unknown reason. Um, it's it's a tough period. Christmas time is you know the busiest time of the year football wise, but he said he's got six weeks to look at the you know before the January transfer window. Anyway, he's got six weeks to look at the team. Um, it's and it, he opened it up and said that it's a fresh chance for it, for everybody. Um, he wants to work with people who want to work for him, and you know he's not going to. Uh, he, well, he wants to put his trust and on, on honesty in the team that have played so far this season, but the players who haven't played. Um, and I think Volks was one of them mentioned by one of the journalists there at the press conference um, that they're all going to be given the chance. It's his new team now, and he needs to adjust and see what he's got. Um, but. We definitely need to be start, start picking up some wins in the bounce to, to pick up um, points and, and head towards the, the um, top seven. I think we're about seven points off the playoffs, but we're eight points off the relegation zone. So we're, we're slap bang in the
2: middle of the table, but we need to start picking up points over the Christmas period. It was the genuine way he talked that really impressed me. Mm-hmm. Um, this didn't, it didn't feel like lip service. Um, I watched the interview back on the Cardiff City website and just the, it was genuine. And that, look, I hope that need. there's no way that can't translate to the way the players. Um, it made me feel excited for Saturday and got me up for it. And that was before the Wales game. Um, it was, um, yeah, he just, he. you can tell this means a lot to him. He, I think he understands it's a big club. It's a big chance for him. It's a big opportunity. And I think he's really looking to take it. So um, I may not, he may not be my preferred choice, but he's 100% got my full support going forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's the key, isn't it? Now is, and I, to be fair, since since he has been appointed, I've not seen anything other than kind of support and you know people pledging to get behind him. Apart from that one idiot that you know filmed himself throwing throwing his season ticket into Jesus. was it over Cardiff I, Bay or someone like that? Over Cardiff I, Bay, yeah.
2: I guarantee you that's his last season's one, and he'll be there on a week Saturday just in the fuck is using his this season's ticket going in. I guarantee you it was last year's.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably, to be fair. Either that
2: or he's ringing up the ticket office now, paying 10 quid to get a new one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just just to get a torrent of abuse on Twitter. Worth it for the
0: uh, engagement, you'll say. Yeah. And who, you know, Danny mentioned some of the players there. Will Vokes is one that, you know, will relish having a fresh start. Who are the, some of the players that you think might might benefit from from a new manager, but also benefit from Neil Harris being the manager?
1: I think folks might be one of those. Um, you know, you, Neil Harris hit on the hit the nail on the head when he said, "You know, Cardiff fans want to see um, Cardiff fans playing for Cardiff and Welsh internationals playing for Cardiff." Uh, Volks ticks one of them boxes, um, and he's young as well. Again, we know Harris's um, track record with with youth at the, at the 23s and 19s at, at Millwall. Um, I think Will Vox could be one of them. I think Medin possibly could be one of them. Um, you know, Neil Harris at Millwall played a lot of 442. Is that something that we're going to see, um, you know, Medine and Glatzel or Bogle or Ward? Um, T- Tomlin's seen some more game time this year, this season. Um, and again, Tomlin's another one that could benefit. But again, it depends, you know, Neil Harris has said in, in the press conference, if the players who want to work for him and and with him, that's the players who will get the chances. He wants to see the ones who are committed to the cause and not just their, you know, I also... You know, but then there's there's the flip side, players who might suffer. Um, it's hard to see, but I think if Neil Harris has been watching a few of the games, he's seen some of the poor performances that, you know, players like Josh Murphy have put in. Uh, is that going to have a knock-on effect? I don't know. It it, it sounds like a clean slate for for, the, for Harris and and the players, and I think that's again it's the it's the new manager bonus or, or the bounce that we we hope is going to come in um but i think volks and Medine could see more game time coming up over the christmas period as well there's a lot of games in quick succession so he's gonna have to rotate that squad um uh to be able to play the games with you know players with full fitness
0: madine for you ben is it time for him to be given another shot do you think do you think harris will be uh will be fancy in big gaz
2: not really. I think the club are, and Paul, cover your ears. I know you're listening. Um, I think it's, it's a busted flush for Cardiff. He needs the move. We need to get rid of him, get rid of him off the wage bill. Um, for me, uh, the two that I really think the way um, it sort of worked, if he's playing a similar sort of style to what he did at Millwall, is Glatzel and Danny Ward. I think there's a partnership that if they build up and could go well, um, I think both will benefit from. Ward looks up for it and Glatzel clear it. We've seen from... Uh, footage from in Germany he needs that striker to play with him mm-hmm. and um, Ward's work great along with Glatzel's ability I think um, I think both of them are on to could be on to some nice play time and building up a really nice partnership um, I also think Isaac Vassell when he comes back in would suit that sort of role God. as well
0: I think Patterson as well I think he's Patterson's the type of player that, yeah Patterson's that, another one. you know if he's valuing the work rate and the passion you know, that's Cameron Patterson all over, isn't it? And,
2: but it's yeah. just weird, does he play? Yeah. Patterson's, re- I think this season, more than anything, Patterson's um, suffering from uh, Matthew Conley syndrome. Where do you play him? Is he a centre midfielder? Is he a striker? Is he a right midfielder where he played most? Where I think he's played more this season. Um, that's the only tough thing. If we're going to go 4-4-2, Patterson doesn't fit into a 4-4-2 uh, formation anyway. And that's a worry.
0: Unless Harris does fancy him as a defender. Warnock didn't, but you know, obviously his trade as a right-back.
2: I think there's other... I think uh, Cox, I think, is going to be looking in for that second right-back berth. Yeah. Um, I hope so, anyway, because um, he's... I know we say about a lot of players, we think these some have come through. I, I don't think Mark, uh, Mark Harris was one that was ever going to really make the breakthrough, but um, Cox and Brown are two that I really think over the next 12 months could really make the step up into that first team from our academy. So yeah. hopefully they get a good run and a good chance.
0: Yeah, so my my worry with with Patterson, you mentioned, where does he fit in? Is that that he'll end up leaving because he doesn't fit in? Maybe, and you know that's a real talented player that and a perfect Cardiff player. I think that that we'd be potentially letting go. Um, young player, it's, it feels to me we need to find a way to fit him into the team and build the team around him.
2: It's a big call, building a team around a sort of utility player like Patterson. Mm.
0: Um,
2: Until he's nailed down a position, um, this is an opportunity for him to do it as well. Uh, Let's not forget that. This this is an opportunity now for him, for Patterson to work with Harris and really nail down, right, I'm a striker, I'm a midfielder, whatever he wants to be, he needs to nail that down. Otherwise, I think he's going to spend his career floating around and sort of not playing as much as a player of his talent should. And... um, yeah, he put, you you guys are probably right. It might be a perfect chance for him to do um, He might be another one that benefits purely just from knuckling down and nailing a position.
0: Yeah, well, obviously Charlton is first up. It's on uh, lunchtime away on Saturday. And, um, I, so I spoke to um, a guy called Lucas Ball, who is from News at the Den, which is a Millwall kind of blog and, and website. And I asked him, you know, what formation did, did Harris tend to play at? At Millwall, and he said mainly a a four four two for the first, particularly for the first three and a half seasons. Towards the end of his fourth season, he tended to go for a four two three one, which is obviously what what Warnock tended to go for this this year. Um, at the start of this season, he tended to mix it up four four two at home and and one up top away from home. How do you expect him to to line up in his first game in Cardiff, Ben? Do you think he'll go for the four two three one that Cardiff have kind of been used to playing at the moment?
2: I think so purely because if it's um, he's not going to be able to implement the tactics for a four four two straight away. It wouldn't surprise me if we see that come in later in the season, but I think for now it's got to be a four uh, two a four two three one, possibly four three three, with what we've been playing a bit as well. If you're going to play the three midfielders, I just think it's it, like we said. I don't think if people are expecting wholesale changes, the squad to be completely overhauled, different players coming in. Um I think they're gonna be a bit upset with what they see early on. I think it's it's a longer term thing of him making those changes, but for now, I think it'll just be playing how we have been playing, but getting the ball down and sort of looking to make those passes and but get it forward quickly like we have been doing like we did before. I just don't think there's gonna be many wholesale changes, especially early on. I don't think the squad's ready for it. You've only got what a week with them. And a lot of the players have been on international duty. I know Etheridge only came back a couple of days ago, Bakuna, I don't think is back yet. Um, it's um, one of those. I just think it's going to take a bit of time for him to properly implement the way he's going to go, but I think there will be improvements early on.
0: And Dan, you know, one of the biggest remits for, uh, for Harris in, in the kind of immediate future, at least is sorting out the defense, isn't it? We've been conceding goals at a unusual rate for, for a side we're used to being so good defensively and, you know that's kind of the one thing that that strikes me as as immediately fixing is going back to basics, defending well, and so it wouldn't surprise me. I don't know about you, if he did kind of go for a more defensive, like Ben said, four three three or four five one rather than than the four two three one on this weekend.
1: Yes, another thing uh, that Harris hit on in his press conference on Monday is that he wants to bring back that defensive solidity that Cardiff have seen over the last couple of seasons. Um, we've always kind of relied on our defence to, to be the, you know, the front stall of our, of our team. Um, I think, yeah, I, I can't see any major changes. We're not going to look at the game on Saturday and go, okay, that's a definite massive change in, in the way we play football. It'll be more of the same for, for the first few weeks. Um, in terms of defensive wise, who he goes with, I think, you know, as he's seen how Nelson has played in both the, the last games, I think Nelson's been bright. Has he seen the way that the Morrison and Flint partnership hasn't quite worked out so far this season? Um, I think our fullbacks, you know, I've criticised Lee Peltier at times this season, but on the whole, Lee Peltier is one of the most solid uh, right backs in the league. Uh, Joe Bennett is at his moments, but again, I think the fullbacks have been generally okay. It's more so that that centre back partnership that we really need to, you know, or Neil Harris really needs to decide who he wants to play together at the back because that's been that'll be key for us over this Christmas period especially um but in terms of play style for how he goes ahead on on Saturday against Charlton um yeah I think a four two three one. I think more of the same um it'd be interesting to see I suppose with injuries and stuff like that um who he goes with up top is it, is Glatzel out injured or is it going to be um is it going to be Bogle to lead the line it, it, it's, it's Hard to see at the minute but yeah I agree with Ben I think it'll be more of the same for the first few weeks anyway
0: yeah to me I think you know I hope that he has looked and seen kind of how he performed defensively he looks like Morrison's back in training at least so I'm sure he might be fit but Kieran Brown's really impressed hasn't he Ben in the in the you know the Reese games that he did play one of the few kind of standout players and Let's say that maybe we we go Aiden Flint an apology for all the criticism because I don't know if you saw this, but who scored named him in their team of the season so far for the championship. So you know what do we know?
2: Someone's smoking crack, aren't they? <laughs> 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 I don't know if you mean about it, but there's there's been players. He's not he's not been our best player. Let's face it. I I think the who scored ratings there of um yeah.
0: If they put him in the Championship's worst team of the season so far, I don't think I would complain.
2: I think that's unfair. I think that's harsh. He's not been great by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't think he's been one of the worst players in the league. But there's no way you could look at it and say he's been one of the two best centre-backs yeah, he's probably season.
1: close. he's probably closer to the worst team of the season than he is to the best team of the season, I think. Um, yeah. But I think that partnership... I, I don't know. I, I, think the, I just personally think they're two too similar a type of defender him and Morrison and you know Flint is is he's dangerous from set pieces and I think he's shown that already this season but is he, is he though
2: I think well we, I admittedly the delivery at some times this season has been lacking hmm. but I expected more from some set pieces you look at the start of that season when that team came out I can't remember when the boys said it it would look like an NBA team <laughs> and our corner set pieces have been naff Because it's been the same thing, Flint on the back post trying to head it down hoping someone gets a touch on it. And it's just, that's probably the biggest frustration I'm hoping changes is that lack of variety from set pieces. Because it's the same thing, it's so easy to defend against.
0: Well, set pieces were poor in the Premier League as well.
2: But for someone that's job essentially was to head it in the attacking box (laughs) Flint, he hasn't been spectacular at it, has he? Um, But again, this is another fresh chance for him. Perhaps it was the way we were playing didn't do him any favours. And I think every player's got to look at this as a fresh start and sort of move on from how we've seen it. And um, yeah, there's exciting times ahead, boys. There is. I think it's. Um, I agree. Yeah. Bit of a, a bit of a rebuild, but I don't think it's as drastic as some people think. But I don't think it's gonna be as straightforward as other people think. It's um, give him a bit of time, uh, let him work a few things out, and I think you need to assess it. I think even Christmas is probably too soon. He needs a window probably around Easter time, you can look and say, has he really made the effect he needs to so early on? And then really, he's got next season and pre-season to really implement his bits. I wouldn't write off this season just yet, but I think it's not going to get a million miles better just yet. It's going to take a bit of time.
0: Yeah, but hopefully we're getting off to a good start on Saturday. Charlton are the opponents. They're without a win since the 19th of October, just over a month ago. You know, lost to Millwall in their last game, lost to Preston before that, and drew against 10-man West Brom. Lee Boyer, Ben, was obviously linked to the Cardiff job. A lot of fans, you know, were quite keen on him over Harris. What do you expect from on this weekend? Uh, you know, an away game for Cardiff, still not one away from home?
2: Um, I think it's 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 actually a decent fixture to sort of start the new regime under. Um, a team not in great form, Probably going to be down on confidence. They've got a few injuries. Um, yeah, I don't think it's a bad fixture to start. If um, everything goes well, we could be looking at a nice win. But um, it's hard to say. They could pick up. They started the season brilliantly. We know they're a good side. Uh, we know Bowie is a decent manager. There's a reason a lot of us wanted to see him come in. So um, it's not an easy task, but it's not a bad task either to start the new regime. Couple
0: of Welsh players in there as well, obviously uh Tom Lockyer in defence and, and Johnny Williams as well in the squad. Uh we know Adam
2: Matthews. He's there, is he? He's there, yeah. No.
0: And uh Deji Oshilaja, the former Cardiff centre back as well. And apparently I didn't even know he was still playing, according to Google. Darren Prattley is there.
2: He is, he's the captain, I think, isn't he? God. He must be old now. Yeah, he's, he's been about. He's pretty... been about the block, isn't he?
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh,
2: here's here's one for you boys, ben Amos. ben Amos. Ben Amos
1: as well. That's the thing you've you've hit on the injuries there, Ben. Uh, I seen earlier on Twitter that they've got a 23 man squad. They've got you know they've got ten players out. Darren Pratley suspended. Uh, oh, they don't. Tomahem- they don't
2: think they're going to name. Uh, yeah, the they'll bench. A full bench.
1: No, they don't want to because apparently a lot of their youth players haven't actually even played games for the 23s this season. Um, and I think Lee Boye is um, he's panicking a little bit because if any more injuries, they, they they're struggling to feel the team on the pitch. But um, yeah, you know, one win in seven games, they're just above. Us. I think they're a point above us. Um, I think it's a, it's a nice start for for, for Neil Harris. Um, it's a winnable game, especially with their injuries that they've had. Um, you know, Sam Fields out as well in midfield. Um, Johnny Williams is still injured as well, and uh, and and Darren Prattley suspended so a few of their key players are are out their defensive lines okay but um going forward as well Hamed's out up front and Jake Forsterkaski's out so their injuries are, are you know in key places of the pitch um i think you know it's a winnable game and if we get off to a good start then you know fans are already back on are back on side after the press conference as well
2: Perfect.
0: Well, boys what is your score predictions for this game before we go on to some listener questions ben we will start with you
2: um, I'll go for a two-one away win. I think it'll time. It'll be the time we break our away duck. What about you, Dan? Um, I'm going to go for two nil. I'm going to go for a,
1: a clean sheet uh, with uh, Neil Harris's first game in charge.
0: Perfect. I was going to go for a one-nil win. So wins all round. And like like I said, a big opportunity to to get three points on on Harris's first game. And you know, there's, there's worse games to have as your
2: first game as, as
0: manager, isn't it?
2: Definitely. It's a club with another fantastic Hummel kit as well. I've just clicked on their website now and I'm having a look. And once again, Hamill have come up treats home and away.
0: Yeah, it is. They do do nice kits. All I'm hoping really is for a win and that someone snaps that Lyle Taylor. (laughs) All that nonsense he was tweeting, all that. (laughs) Yeah. Him and Harold after. God, yeah. Politics. God's sake boys, let's go on to some listener questions. We've had a couple, and I want to start with one from Chris Hunt. And there's something that's, that's bothered me, actually, and, and I know we've spoke, spoken about a little bit in the kind of group chat that we've got. He asks, why haven't more players come out in public to thank Warnock? Only two so far. Sol Bamba, you know, quite soon after Warnock left. And then um, Neil Etheridge, I think, yesterday did one. This has really been bothering me because, A... The club haven't really done anything beyond that statement, you know, considering the effect what Neil Warnock had on the club, on the fans, everything he achieved, there should have been some, you know, tribute to him, some big thank you, and from the players, you know, he's plucked some of those players from obscurity and, you know, made them Premiership players, made them solid Championship players, given them opportunities, and, you know, I'm sure they would have done it in private, but... It would have been nice to, to to show some appreciation to in public to Warnock. What do you boys think?
1: Yeah, I think it's I think it's really confusing and a bit well worrying. Maybe it's a bit extreme, but it, I think it is a bit worrying. Um, you know, you've mentioned what he's done for the club and what he's done for the players as well. He's you know taken to the taken them to the Premier League when arguably they they weren't um, they weren't. They're probably arguably not good enough to be in it. Well, that's a bit harsh, I suppose. But he's given them the dreams that he's given he the fans above as their well. Weight. Yeah, definitely. That's the, the phrase I'm looking for. They've punched above their weight. Um, I've got a mate who works at the club, and I've been spe- well, I've, I've spoken to him today and was asking him, you know, any particular reason why? And he has no idea. So I don't understand unless there's been something go on behind the scenes that we don't know about, or whether or not because it's mid-season and there's a new manager come in, whether or not they're just not deciding to, I, I yeah, I would ex- have expected a lot more, especially from the club as well. You know, a thank you Neil video. Yeah, um, it's been what two two weeks now, two three weeks. Yeah, they've two missed weeks? the boat now, haven't they? Yeah, they. I think they have, and t- for us to not have seen anything apart from a statement is uh, is confusing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, like I said, some type of video would be would have been nice, it's not like they wouldn't have had plenty of. Uh, Sound bites to use of Warnock is it been?
2: Mm-hmm. No, it's a strange one. But um, the other thing is, how much does the club dwell on it? They're wanting to push this new era. Um, it's a weird one. Um, I agree with the players. It's the players that are bugging me more than the club not putting it out. But even again, then, um, what do they do? There's only so there's only so many posts you can put out before it looks like the club's making you do it. It's a really tough balance. But um, yeah, uh, there's a couple of players I'm surprised. Hewitt normally likes a social media post. I'm surprised he hasn't gone out there. Same with Bennett. Mendes so, um, Lang as well. Yeah, Mendes. Uh, to be fair, it's not about his brother's music, so he's not going to post. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just... A, it's just, it, it clearly shows that there was a bit of a disconnect towards the end. I think that's the obvious thing. Um, and it's a shame. It really is a shame. But I think every player, I think, is looking forward to this new start.
0: Yeah,
1: and, and what's even more weird is we've seen how close the players have been with Warnock. You know, promotion day um, a couple of seasons back, and they were all hugging around him, and there was a great... You know, the, the squad unity has never been... Has been as the strongest has been in years, and the club unity at a wider level as well. Yeah,
0: even in so, the relegation.
1: Even in the relegation as well, you know, with everything that's happened last year. The club have been through it, through the highs and the lows, and...
2: You don't. You also don't know what's going to be on the scene. Perhaps Warnock's asked for the club for the players not to do it. Possibly. I think that that might be the case of that um, Etheridge was was away from was away from the club when Warnock went. It's possibly a reason why he's posted it and Bamble was asked a question for Sky Sports and Talksport. So um, yeah, I think he's. There might be a case of they, they've even been told by the club or told by asked by Neil not to put any posts out because he doesn't want to make it about him.
0: Yeah. Maybe. I'm sure uh, Sandra's on the message boards for him. looking at everything. Well, his next question is from Rhys Chambers, who's the head of sport at Gairi, the uh, University of Cardiff newspaper. And he asks, would you like to see more Cardiff City involvement in the Welsh squad? And could that be achieved through Harris's focus on the academy? Um, There's been a lot of, of questions, hasn't there, about... Um, you know, particularly also, you made a lot of debate about Cardiff's contribution in in recent years to the Welsh national team, and it's a tough one, isn't it? Because there hasn't been enough in recent years, but you you do look at that squad, and you know some of the key players. You know, Ramsey came through the Cardiff academy. Ledley in recent years, Gunter. So there has been players in that squad that Cardiff developed, but in recent years, there's not been enough as there been.
2: No, I think the um youth setup's a massive issue for the club the club really needs to address um hopefully when I think a lot of it will be this new training ground coming in when that's finally built and the youth team and the first team are training on the same area, I think that'll help integrate those players to the um first team setup. I think with the first team training in uh, the vale and the young teams training in i think they're still training to forest aren't they um i think that creates such a disconnect between them that it's hard for to build that bond between them all so i think once that happens we'll start seeing a lot of progress
0: particularly if you know if we believe Bellamy in that interview that that Warnock wasn't particularly open to uh to integrating or developing the the youth then
1: yeah that was particularly striking when he came out and said that i think it raised a few eyebrows but as you said, it's been said for for a few months, or maybe even longer than that now. That you know, what have Cardiff actually contribute, contributed to the to the Welsh national setup in
2: recent in recent years? Anyway, um, their best, their, their best. Let's not forget their best player came from the world, the Cardiff Academy.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, it's something that Neil Harris hit on. Um, he seems again. He seems really determined that that's going to be one of his priorities while he's here. Um, again, Ben says that the new um, training grounds that, that could be a step in the well, that is a step in the right direction. Whether or not that has a, a wider impact on you know the players that come in and um, come through the academy and whether or not they get the time, I think Neil Harris is going to give more time to the academy than, than Warnock did. I think that's safe to say. Um, especially if he's a man of his words, that's that's going to happen. Um, but he's also said that he's not you know the, the youth players need to prove that they or need to earn the the places in the teams and they're not gonna be there without being there on merit um but he's he's got a few he's he said at the press conference he's got his eyes on a few of the players in the 23s and the 19s in particular that that could potentially you know come up the ranks over the next you know few months and, and into the next year or so um but it's definitely an issue that the club's faced you know i know a few people that say that are Cardiff, a true Welsh club. If they're not contributing to the to the wider Welsh system, I don't think that's. I think that's a pile of rubbish, in my opinion. Of course, they're a Welsh club, but um, there's definitely a need to see more Welsh talent. And again, Neil Harris has said the fans want to see Welsh players playing for Cardiff because they're a Welsh club.
0: Absolutely. Then, quick question: in the press conference, I've not seen anything of this listed. Did anyone ask Harris about working with the director of football? Because, because obviously, there's been talk about that, hasn't there? And and Dalman's come out of ask, you know wanting more football people on the board. I, I just wondered if if Harris was asked that question, how he'd you know welcome working with someone like that. It,
1: it, yeah, it was asked. Um, he said it's a board decision, but it comes down to to whatever is best for the club. Um, he said that he would like to be involved in the discussions if they were to come. Um, he says it's got to be a group to deci- uh, ultimately a group decision, um, but it's one that he you know him and the club that are going are gonna to look at. Um, he said that Kenshi was going to make some announcements over the coming months in terms of the academy and and the progression they're going to do there, and also they're going to have, um, I think, a discussion about a director of football. But ultimately, he said it's it comes down it what well, it's it's above his it's above his head, but he yeah. wants to be part of those discussions if and when they come.
0: Fair enough. Yeah, I, I hadn't seen anything, you know, in any of the reports, and I was wondering, so I was quite interested in that. But, but yeah, to come back to. So Reese's question about wanting to see more Cardiff City involvement in the Welsh squad, definitely, I think I think everyone would. And this may be controversial, but you know, if Cardiff City came out and said, you know, we want to implement a policy similar to what you know Athletic Bilbao do over in Spain about only having Basque players, we only want to have Welsh players, or you know, want to have a policy of 70% of the squad have to be Welsh, I'd welcome that every day of the week. I, I know that's probably a bit controversial, but you
2: know, I, I think that's a silly. It works for Bilbao because the structure in Spain is so much better than what we've got here. The facilities are better. Everything's better. It's a better run sort of youth system from top to bottom. Um, there needs it, to, there, there is, need, there needs to such be... such a
0: small pool of players that they have to choose from. And, you know, they've never been relegated, I think, from La Liga and, you know... It'd have to be a long-term plan, of course, and it have to be that infrastructure changes, and it'll never happen. So it's a you know redundant conversation. But you know that's how important I think it is to be developing these players. That you know I would always welcome something like that.
2: I think it's really important, but I don't think the fan base has got the patience for anything like that to ever happen. No, um, I think it's as simple as that. We 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 aren't patient enough as fans. We're demanding success now. Um, I don't think our club are clever enough to implement something like that. We do it horribly wrong. Um, it's just, um, I'd love for it to happen. Something I don't think to that extent. I think when you go down that sort of route, you're opening up a very dangerous route um, and sort of restricting yourself to development down the line for years to come. Um, there's talented players in South Wales and the club needs to do more to develop them. But there's also going to be a reason that for some for some reason that no players broke through since before Dave Jones since Dave well since Dave Jones's days.
0: Yeah, absolutely, it's been been too long, hasn't it? And Gwyn Jones asks, and you know we've kind of spoken about this. He asked, do we think bridging the gap between the first team I mean, academy as Harris asked will actually happen? You know we've kind of spoken about that, but he says. Can we see the likes of Cox and and James Waite getting first team chances? And and Cameron Cox is the one, isn't he? Damn that that I think most people would would put their bets on. But like like Quinn said, there's there's people like James Waite and you know there's a couple of others in the academy that that, as Harris said, has got his eye on that that could be promising.
1: Yeah, I think Cameron Cox is, is a name that keeps popping up, and it has done um, over the past couple of uh, of seasons. Um, of course, you've had you had Bruno Manger at right back last season, and and Peltier has been solid at his time at the club as well. So Cox has faced that that difficulty of breaking into the team. Um, you know, he's featured in the squad a couple of times over the past uh, year or two. I think he's definitely one of the brightest players in the academy, him and James Wait, uh, and arguably Mark Harris as well. Um, but it's whether or not he can break through. I think he's. Apart from Peltier, I think Cox could, you know, um, come into the team. And why not give him a couple of games, especially over the Christmas period as well? We've got so many games over the next um, month or so. Um, is it really going to impact the squad that much if we let a couple of the academy players come in? Um, I think it's one thing that Harris is going to look at. Um, he said, Of course, he said it so many times now, during, even during that first press conference, that it, it'll be hard not to believe the guy. Um I, I hope we see more more of the Academy. James Waite's another one, as you mentioned, you know, he scored bags of goals for the Academy over the last year or two. Um, but you know, we've we've got a couple of strikers in that team and you know, although we've got injuries, is it realistic that a striker's gonna come in? You know, a, a right back's a little bit different to a to a striker scoring goals at, at youth level. It's a bit of a step up goal scoring wise to the championship. But
2: I think um, Waite's issue is that He's a fantastic, talented young player, mm-hmm. but he is tiny. Yeah. And I think currently his body shape and his size, if he went into a championship game, he'd be bullied. Um, he's not quite got the ability to sort of do what other smaller players have done yet. But then you've got to argue the only way for him to get that ability is to play in these games. It's um, it's a tough balance of strike um, between the club developing players and sort of and achieving the success they want to short-term. I guess you, need to,
0: you beg the question of, you know, we've talked about the strikers not scoring goals, not, you know, a lot of underwhelming performances from our forwards. As a young player, you'd start to look and think, well, what do I have to do to, to get a chance? And
2: Why aren't we utilising our links for the Belgian club more? Why aren't we looking at saying, right, um putting Cox in, Bel- in the Belgium League for a season or putting weight out with the Belgian League and sort of making it properly using it as a sort of feeder that was the plan at one stage, not just for us getting players such as Zahor through but using it as an opportunity to sort of give some players some first team games the Belgian League's quite physical, it's not a massively, it's probably it's arguably in some places a higher standard than the Championship for some teams but um, it's an opportunity for us to use that and sort of I don't think we do. I think Tans have got links. Not I know there's LaFC, and he's there. I don't think we'd be sending players out there, but there's got to be links elsewhere that we can use to really give these players yeah. sort of first team experience.
0: Hasn't he got Sarajevo we... as well?
2: Yeah, that yeah. There is right. a link for Sarajevo, Sarajevo. Yeah. So there's options there to send players to those clubs. A year abroad does players work well, the wonders like a world of good as well. It's um, something we should be looking at doing. On, on, I think it shows the lack of football brain on the board that we're not doing that. We've brought some players over that have failed from the Belgian league, sort it's Gadongbi. but we're not using it to send players the other way to sort of develop them. And I think that's a really strange and missed opportunity.
1: I wonder how much how much would would a director of football coming in, and, you know, how much of an impact would that have on on making sure that our academy players were getting game time outside of youth football? Uh, and who do you guys think would you know? Who could be a director of football for the club? Do you think?
2: Oh, Stephen McPhail's the one for Steve, me. Steve McPhail for me as well. He's doing a fantastic job with Shamrock Rovers, and I'd love to see him back at the club. Genius as far as football comes, and I think he do a fantastic job for us.
0: Yeah, yeah, I definitely have to agree. And I don't—we none of us know too much about the actual structure behind the scenes, do we? Beyond kind of the first team, but you know, all these things that, like I spoke about, Ben, about, you know, sending these players abroad and this these loan systems, it does make you think about the lack of infrastructure and the lack of maybe, you know, analysis and coaching teams that we, uh, scouting teams that we have to be able to monitor those players out in Belgium and, you know, it all seemed very old-fashioned, didn't it, and... uh, under Warnock, and that's hopefully the type of things that we will see. We'll see change with, you know, Harris is a young manager still, so there's you know there's plenty of of new modern things that we can he can develop.
2: I don't think it's just the manager bring them in. The manager can only see so much, but as long as there's, there's a 35-40 mile disconnect between the training ground of the youth team and the first team, you're never going to get that cohesion. They're never going to build a relationship with the first team. They're never going to be able to slip into first team training, and sort of build it up that way. Um, it's not the manager's job. I think it's the club as a whole needs to look at the structure. It needs to be an overhaul. It's not just a case of like we did under Warnock of releasing near enough every young player we've got to and um, rebuild. There needs to be an actual gate pathway into the first team. Is it a case of one day a week the, the under 23s are training with the first team? Is the manager getting scouting reports? Getting enough scouting reports? Getting enough feedback? Is there enough support for the young players? Um, Have the young players got enough bollocks as well to step up and say, look, put me in with the first team? There's a hundred things that need to be looked at that we just don't know what goes on behind the club. But I think it's not just a manager issue. I think it's a club-wide issue that really needs to be addressed.
0: Yeah, I was just looking at the um, Academy page on on Wikipedia in the section with notable graduates. and I mean, there's some that, you know, I barely heard of or, or, you know, completely forgotten about, which says, you know what notable graduates are from the Academy, but, you know, the ones in bold are, are graduates who have gained international caps and, you know... Is Stuart Fleetwood on there? Stuart Fleetwood is on there, yes. There's <laughs> some people, you know... Uh, ben Swallow.
2: I don't. No.
0: So he now plays for Merthyr Town, so he's a notable graduate. Then you've got Darcy Blake, James Collins, Rob Shaw Declan John... Nat Jarvis, Chris Gunter, Joe Ledley, Tom Lockyer, Robbie Matondo, Adam Matthews, Josh McGinnis, Aaron Ramsey, and Theo Wharton, who is now apparently an international for the Kittitian national team. St Kitts, that is, sorry. Uh okay. you know, it's been a while since, you know, some of them played for Cardiff, isn't it? And you know, that's what needs to change, isn't it? You know, getting those players through from the academy into the first team, developing into the international team as well, and I think that's what we all we all look forward to, really.
2: I think what the club miss is that fans are a lot more patient with their youngsters. I mean, look at the chances that we wanted to give Declan John, who realistically was never going to make it, going to be good enough to become our first-choice left-back, but The fans were clamouring time and time again for him to have a go and didn't get on his back in the Premier League when things got tough. Um, You can buy yourself some really good goodwill with the fans if you've got a few youngsters in there. If things aren't going perfectly you think, oh, at least they're trying to get kids from our academy in. It's something that I think the club don't realise at times.
0: Yeah, yeah. Particularly, you know, a striker, an academy striker misses a chance. They get the benefit of the doubt from the fans, don't they? But you know, a senior player does that and they maybe get get a bit of criticism.
2: Like even someone like Healy, um yeah. even before his crucial it was arguably was he ever yeah. gonna be good enough. But the fans really want to see him have a go. Yeah. And really sort of backed him and he wasn't a proper academy graduate. He came from Connors Key, didn't he? Yeah.
1: Um
2: so yeah, the the club are missing their own goal there. There's a few I think own goals. I think there's a few easy things that the club can do to really pull some goodwill long term. I think they just don't see because they're too focused on short term success with no real long term plan. And I think we spoke about this season. We spoke about it a lot. And I think Neil Harris coming in and sort of the rush to get him in proved that there was no planning going into Warnock leaving, was there? Um, while there was talks behind the scene of perhaps Warnock wanted Harris to come in and be the man to follow him. I don't think there was any firm plans until Neil left the club and we knew everyone knew Neil was leaving at the end of the season, no matter what. So why those discussions weren't happening more shows that the long-term planning of the club needs real address and needs someone, a football focused person on the board as soon as possible.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go on to the last question before we wrap up. And Ben, this is from your mate football Kings 13 on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> he asks, uh, how far can this current Wales squad go in next year's final? And he follows that up with uh, he tags you in it, Ben. So yep. the Ben Price has to show some positive some positivity this week. <laughs> He's been fairly positive, Dan. I think would you?
1: Yeah, I think I think as well, especially about the Wales team as well. I think we know we've spoken about it on the pod now today. The, the potential in that Wales squad is, is stupid. It's one of the you know it's one of the most. Um, talented young squads in, in Europe, arguably, and uh, there's no reason why we can't go to the Euros next year and really ter- start turning some heads. Um, I think we've done that in the last two two um, qualifiers against Azerbaijan and against Hungary. Um, yeah, I think I think Ben's Ben has his moments, but um, yeah, he's definitely right in saying that we can go as as far as we did in, in 2016.
0: Yeah, I view it as kind of a a free hit in a way because. No one expects us to win or, or go out and challenge to win it, and it's just it's a fantastic opportunity to go out there, wherever wherever we do end up, make great memories like we did in in France for these young players to to experience a, an international tournament that will only benefit them and their development and and have some fun and show what what we can do. And and what I will say about this this Wales squad and perhaps one of the greatest compliments I can give them is. I no longer worry about when Gareth Bale retires. Yeah. Which a couple of years ago, God, the thought of not having Bale and Ramsey to an extent was just terrifying. Now, you know, there's so many able players that, you know, David Brooks is missing. We had Harry Wilson on the bench. You know, there's there's a lot of talented players. Ravi Matondo can grow into, into a good role. So, you know, it's a really exciting, uh, exciting time. And, Ben, anything you'd like to, to say in response to your mate Football Kings Eleven. 13, sorry.
2: No. <laughs> um, to be honest, boys, the Euros is a free hit. It doesn't matter because we're going to win the World Cup in Qatar, so. Yeah. <laughs> That's the big
0: one. And Aaron Gunnison is going to present us the trophy. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Well, boys, let's leave it there for this week. And uh, here's hoping for three points in the first game for Neil Harris on Saturday. Fingers crossed. Perfect. Cheers, lads.
1: Cheers, boys. To Cheers, uh... Scott.